My entitled boss demands I follow the dress code. When I do, she instantly regrets it. I work for a secondary education institute. Anyone who has worked in academia will confirm that it's a different brand of crazy. Adding on to that, our staff has no balance in gender or ethnicity, so it's the opposite of toxic masculinity. Toxic femininity? Doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Anyways, with weak management, it has essentially become a mean girls club. The boss lady PA is basically queen bee, with the rest of us being low worker bees. As I am not someone who kisses butt, I am often not very well liked, hence the low worker bee status. Work buys staff shirts for everyone with our logo on it, about three or four times a year. There are usually nice golf shirts or button up shirts, but the last time, oof. This was an actual shirt queen bee wore one day. Boss lady literally squealed in delight like a toddler when she saw it, insisting that all of us get one. Guys, let me describe this monstrosity. It was mainly navy blue with a type of print. Think paisley, but not quite. The shirt was filled with cartoonish squigglies and doodles that made absolutely no sense. Apples, flor de lis, seashells, even tiny little fish skeletons, they danced and merged in every direction. In violent shades of teal, beige, salmon pink, turquoise green, and neon purple. So versatile, you can wear it with so many different colors. And if the design wasn't bad enough, the fit was even worse. A size that normally hugs my figure fits me like a circus tent. I billowed out from right under my boobs and it was so long the bottom seam came to just above my thighs. The most unflattering cut I've ever worn. It was like a blind person tried to make maternity wear and changed their mind halfway through. It was also sleeveless. The only one of us who voiced her reservations was forced to give it back. She was so visibly happy that she wouldn't have to wear it. And this pissed off management. The shirt was made mandatory on Mondays. Being a person that never gets hot, I wore a jacket over it every time, showing as little of it as I could. One day to solidify our loyalty, it was decided to take a group photo that purposely included this hideous shirt. Being short, I was placed in front. Boss lady looked over us and promptly declared, OP, you'll have to remove your jacket, thank you. I replied that I would rather not. She insisted and we would go back and forth. But they were all about to be deceived. I'm quite reserved, so no one at work really knows me. I never wear anything sleeveless because I have tattoos all over my shoulders and halfway down my upper arm. I always look normal and professional, wearing tailored jackets, cardigans, or three-quarter sleeves. Cue malicious compliance. So you want me to take off my jacket? I insist. No exceptions? None. I remove my jacket and toss it out of the frame in one of the coolest gestures I've ever been able to perform. I turn forward with my left shoulder facing the camera and reveal a grim reaper with a sweeping scythe and blue wings. That actually matched this ghastly shirt quite well, now that I think about it. There is a noticeable intake of breaths and the whole group falls silent, waiting in anticipation to see who would triumph. It was like a shootout between two gunmen in a western. I look at her blankly, internally screaming, "De freak you gonna do now, B? And I'm pretty sure she heard me. Boss Lady realizes she can't go back on what she said without looking like even more of a butthead than she already does, and she turns to face the camera. Y'all, that was one of my favorite pictures of all time. Pissed off boss lady in the front with a smile that just doesn't reach her eyes. 
tatted up admin immediately to her left with the biggest grin in the whole picture. Everyone else's faces were a mixture of amusement and confusion. Queen Bee slightly frowning as she is still trying to figure out what the heck just happened. Marketing showed it to me before deleting it and we had a few laughs. Needless to say, that photo did not make it into the newsletter, as was originally intended. Crazy enough, there is a follow-up to this story a year later. So this post follows a previous post from a year back regarding a hideous shirt that we had to wear to work. Socially and politically, our work environment is a mean girls club. I work at a secondary institution on support team. For stupid reasons, a hideous shirt that one of our support staff was wearing one day became our mandatory Monday shirt. Cue to this week, it's photo week again. We are taking group photos of all the staff learners and various teams and committees. They are all going in the annual magazine, which is quite a big deal. All staff were informed that they could wear whatever they wished, as long as it lined up with the colorful palette of the magazine. This was shared with everyone. They actually chose really pretty shades of pink, peach, mauve, and sky blue. The support team was really happy we could skip the ghastly shirt, until we couldn't. Last week on Thursday, it was communicated to us that we would have to wear the monstrosity. Of the whole institution, our group would be the only one that looked like doo-doo. The next day, on Friday, I was at the hairdresser and inspiration struck. I already have a short pixie cut that I color ultraviolet, basically very dark brown with the purple sheen. I revealed my plans to my hairstylist and she loved it. After my haircut, I went shopping. Now, one of the things touted as an advantage of the ugly shirt was the array of colors it contained and how versatile it is, as you can wear it with so many colors. I just don't think you were meant to wear all the colors together at once. I ruined the photo when the sleeveless shirt unexpectedly revealed the tattoos on my left arm and shoulder. So I knew this year that they would strategically place me with my right side facing forward. I know how they compose and space these photos by now. I've been here too long. So imagine their surprise when I pitch up with an asymmetric pixie cut, long sweeping bangs to the left with regular sideburns to the left, and the right side shaved in a buzz cut, all colored bright purple. Seriously, when I was facing that way, I looked different. So they tried to subtly hide me in the middle, at the back, slightly behind the person to the left to hide these pesky tattoos. Because I was facing forward, I look sufficiently professional, but I'm wearing killer platform heels, something I haven't done in 10 years, which makes me almost a hand taller than almost everyone. I politely declined their request to take the shoes off, so I have to sit in the front. Now you can clearly see my formal dress pants in bottle green as well as my undershirt in vibrant teal, my killer heels in pale sparkly gold, and my wide salmon pink belt. Now, I didn't waste any money on these items. Wearing any of them alone or in a different combination look fine, so I will be using all of them. No matter what they tried, they could not find a way to make the group look coherently polished and professional, because one way they had a tatted up admin, if they photoshopped those out, I would complain politely but firmly. Other way, they had an angry emo boy. One way, the height was off. In the other way, they had someone in an ensemble so garnish it offended the senses. That afternoon, a while after work, we were informed that the group photo would be redone for the support team. We were kindly requested to wear the colors as indicated in the color palette tomorrow. In the group WhatsApp, I commented duly noted and received a ton of PMs joking about it. 
on the bright side, I have received a ton of compliments on the hairstyle. In a sane environment, I would have never tried this. I've colored it back to dark ultraviolet. Box color yo takes 20 minutes, which complements my light pink dress nicely, along with my round salmon belt. But let me know. Am I the jerk? This OP was awesome. I love this type of malicious compliance. It doesn't really hurt anyone and it's just mildly annoying. But to be fair, it's just a response to something else that is annoying. I have a pretty similar malicious compliance that I did while I was in high school. You see, I used to have dreadlocks back in the day. I absolutely love them. Nothing beats you waking up every day and your hair is already done. Anyways, one weekend I decided I wanted to bleach a few of my dreads and one of my friends did it for me. When I went back to school, a lot of people seemed to like it, but one person certainly did not. And that was our lousy principal. He saw me in the hallway and dragged me into his office to complain. He told me that I was going to have to dye my hair again because it doesn't look natural. This really annoyed me, and as I've mentioned a million times on the Jerk channel, I have no problem speaking my mind. So when I heard that hair must look natural, I asked my principal if he would be forcing his daughter to dye her hair as well. Because she was a classmate of mine, and I knew that she had just gotten highlights in her hair. I told him, those aren't natural, sir. He obviously didn't like that, but because it was his daughter, he said, well, that's different. And quickly told me that if I didn't dye my hair back to a natural color, I would be suspended. Now, I'll be honest. If I had the mindset I have today, back then, I would have fought this until I could keep my hair or his daughter and everyone else in the school had to dye their hair too. But I didn't want to cause any trouble for my parents, so I complied with his demands. Kind of. You see, I have dark brownish black hair, and I only had about five or seven dreads that were bleached blonde. So I decided to dye those blonde dreads a dark purple. That way in the hallways of school, it would blend in very nicely, but when you went outside for lunch or gym, you could clearly see that my dreads were purple in the sunny daylight. The principal never gave me any flack after that, and people seemed to like the purple dreads. My dad is super strict about his rules that I need to follow, so I follow them perfectly in the wrong direction. This is a silly malicious compliance, but I think everyone probably did something similar if they had very strict parents. Everyone appreciates saving money at the pump. Gas isn't cheap, but it wasn't quite so bad 20 odd years ago. But still, why pay more than you have to pay? Some folks will wait hours at Costco or other favorite stations that they use to pass by even if it isn't close to their home or work. In fact, some truck stops are known for having great prices and conveniently just off the side of the freeway. As a college student and licensed driver, the wise old man needed a ride to the airport one day. Now, my dad was pretty particular. He was a fan of rules. Nothing was simple enough that it couldn't be improved by a specific formula of rules or instructions. For example, a reasonably easy 30 minute drive to the airport could definitely benefit from specific instructions, plus a side mission involving his very own specific additional instructions, because the best deal in gas is just off the freeway at the truck stop along the route. There were also a couple of other younger kids over, kids of friends of my mom who was having a get together. They thought it would be fun to hang out with an older kid who got to drive. They didn't plan on having a road trip, but as you will see, a road trip they got. To set a clear example, maybe even a standard or a bar, that would show me just how easy this airport run would be, the wise old man would drive to the airport detailing the truck stop where I would be responsible for maximizing my value and getting the best deal when I fill up on the way back. With no additional stops or deviations to be allowed on this very clear, very simple mission. Hey! 
have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. So we loaded up from the southwest of town and hopped onto the freeway. And upon nearing this big city, we hopped on the beltway that rings this city in the center of a U.S. state in which this happened. The wise old man made sure to note as we approached the blessed and preferred truck stop the exit number, the road name, and the truck stop name. This was easily remembered because it was all very close to home. In fact, it was on the drive I made regularly on my runs to and from State University in the north of the state in my own car. But this wasn't my car, it wasn't my gas, my gas money, or my choice. I would get off at the exit and take the highway back home. Now mind you, we don't take the highway to the airport because it's slower, much slower. There are stoplights, but I was not to get back on the freeway or interstate. I was to proceed straight home only using that road, no other stops, no other routes. The rules and instructions were reviewed as we approached the airport. We got there with enough time before the flight to do a quick pop quiz to make sure I knew all the apparent details and rules. You got it. The kids are in good hands. Have a great flight. But he was quizzing me. He wasn't asking my suggestions. He wasn't even asking if I had any doubts, concerns, or questions. It really was just as simple as following the rules. Now, if it was him or anyone else, the correct answer would be save time and fuel by taking the same exact route home. Or, or, hear me out, 
to get back on the freeway for two more miles to take the next highway, which would also be a ton of stoplights over 20 miles, but would in fact get us home. So back to the blessed and preferred truck stop, we headed to maximize our value and get the best deal. Cash was exchanged, premium unleaded fuel was pumped. Now, rather than saving time or money with this efficient return trip, I did exactly as the wise man directed. We would take the next 20 miles going stoplight to stoplight down the highway. Just not the right highway. I passed a quiz and knew the rules and the rules I would follow. Unfortunately, the very clear rules did not allow for getting back to town where we lived. However, because we were now 20 miles south, actually southwest, I would have to turn off the highway and make another 15 mile drive east through the very twisty farm country. The rules expressly forbid this. So I passed on hoping for the best. That's actually a lie unless you slightly add hoping for the best road trip because we were absolutely not heading home. The kids in the back were having a blast going on the trip with a college kid driving. Everyone's laughing. It was genuinely a good time. Though as we nipped into the western edge of the correct county, we all knew we were not going to make it without breaking the rules and deviating from the very clear directions. Anyone in the car would have passed the quiz at the end. As elementary age kids of maybe 10, they were very excited to get a vote. Do we follow the rules or do we turn? Nobody thought it was worth breaking the rules, so onward we continued. And so we stopped heading towards home altogether. Having taken the highway more than once on the way to visit friends at the state university in the south of this US state hosting this road trip, I knew we could definitely make it there, but I would have to go out of pocket for gas to get us home. As with all good things, this road trip had to come to an end. So at a certain point, roughly calculated by our falling fuel gauge, we turned around. We laughed and continued having a great time. We laughed even harder when we got back to that one crucial step the wise man, my dad, left out, turning for the long and somewhat perfilous farmland connector to get us back towards where we lived, where the kids were willingly co-conspirators in this performative act of malicious compliance. Were they my audience or were they my downfall? As we get out, the kids were laughing, the moms were happy the kids had fun, but we were asked, what took so long? Oh, sorry, dad had specific instructions on how to get home and we tried following them, but we ended up going out of our way. My audience just laughed and said they had fun. Since the car was on E, my mom topped it off long before my dad returned. So the wise old man had no idea his rules and very clear instructions ended up paying for us to have a real nice road trip despite his best efforts. My mom has been dead for years now and I never told my dad, but the wise old man is no longer as weird about the rules. But let me know. Am I the jerk? Geez, this story kind of took a turn when the OP mentioned his mom was dead. I will say malicious compliances can be a bit of fun when it comes to strict parents. I can't say I have a memory of me doing this to my parents, but I do have a road trip memory that almost got me in deep doo-doo with my family. So I used to skate back in high school and one day me and my friends wanted to go to the local skate shop. This was a big city, but by local I mean a skate shop brand that was created in the city. The only issue was this skate shop wasn't close to us and no one in our group had a license to drive. But that didn't mean that we didn't have a person with parents who didn't care about their kids' safety. Enter Joe. Joe's parents gave us a car to drive to head to the skate shop. Nothing like letting a bunch of high school kids pile into a car that was made to seat four people. Well before the six of us pulled out of the driveway, I tell my friend Joe, yo, I don't have a good feeling about this, so don't do anything stupid. And of course Joe just said, 
Don't worry, I got this. Surprisingly, we got to the skate shop just fine, and we got my friend a new board and we were all excited to get back to skating. As we piled back into the car, super hyped about the next skate session, my friend Joe decided to speed down the highway going what must have been at least 90 miles an hour, and what would you know? That bad feeling I had showed up in the sign of flashing red and blue lights. As my friend Joe pulls over, he gets a very aggressive cop barking orders. This cop yells for us to get out of the car, and my friend Joe does, but being scared high school kids, we didn't know if that applied to us too. So we start popping out and immediately get yelled at by this cop to get back in the car. Long story short, his backup shows up and they arrest my friend Joe and tell us that they were impounding the car, so we need to leave. Mind you, we were on the highway and the police just told us to find a ride home. I don't know if that was proper protocol, but this legit happened. The cops just left five kids on the highway. Welp, at one point, I kinda panicked because I kinda told my parents that I was just hanging out at my friend's house and I never mentioned that we might be getting into a car to drive across the city. We did manage to have a friend pick us up to save our skins, but they showed up in a two-door with a very small back seat. So just imagine trying to fit seven people into a small two-door car. Let's just say that me and my friends all got a little bit closer on that ride home. Oh, and for anyone thinking that my friend Joe was a total jerk for ignoring my weird feeling before the trip, you don't need to worry about him because while the rest of us were scrambling to get home, Joe was apparently gaining street cred inside a jail cell. According to our friend Joe, his time in the slammer was something out of a TV movie. Although Joe was a minor, he said that he got thrown into a prison cell with a whole bunch of bad dudes that wanted to cause him harm. One of these dudes even got in Joe's face. So he said that he could only do one thing and that was to fight this guy to let everyone know in that prison cell that Joe wasn't a guy to be taken lightly. After Joe destroyed this guy and put him in what I would assume is a prison hospital, he said he started to get recruited by some gangs that were inside this crazy prison cell for people who speed down a highway. We all heard this story the next day when Joe was already chilling at home with his family. As you might imagine, we as a group of high school kids called total BS on this whole thing because we actually found out that the police called Joe's parents to pick him up and let him know why he got in trouble. So every day after that, we would make fun of Joe for trying to sell us this crazy prison story drama. Not sure why he made it up. I could only assume that he did it to make himself look cool or at the very least, try to make himself look like he had a worse night than us that was left stranded. I still laugh about that night every once in a while, but because of that story, it also reminds me that I could have easily died that night too, with the way Joe was driving. Sometimes your crazy stories really make you think. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.